Hey, what's up, y'all? My name is Gary, and welcome to the second season of It's Personal. Okay, good. This is going to be really dope, but I don't want any <laughs> Putting yourself out there as practitioners who are growing and learning. Not at all. My name is Kwame Mbalia. I'm an author. I'm Padma Venkatraman, the author of The Bird Home. Sure, yeah. My name is Natasha Diaz. Code switching and all those things. I mean, all of that. All the time. I mean, he's still on the road all the time, but you know, like as a new mom. The relationship that I have cultivated from there. I'm I'm so excited to talk to you. This is amazing. This is so fun. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of It's Personal. Um, This is season two, and I'm super excited, as always, to have another guest. And just before I have my guest introduce herself, I just want to say I just absolutely love everything about her. Um, I am going to ask lots of questions, but I feel like we've been friends for a very, very long time. <laughs> um, can you introduce yourself, please? Absolutely. Uh, this is Wendy Shang. I am the author of The Great Wall of Lucy Wu, The Way Home Looks Now, and this is just a test which I co-wrote with my friend Madeline Rosenberg. So I write middle grade. I live outside of Washington, D.C. Awesome. Wendy, I am so excited. For one, I'll tell you, I think I told you this before, but my mom's name is Wendy. So I loved oh. you. <laughs> so I loved you even with like knowing your books. And then I saw that you had this name that I just love in general. So that's another reason why it's so awesome. So Wendy, just tell us a little bit about yourself and um, where you're from and how you got to Washington. Oh my goodness. All right. Let's see. Um, how do I even start? <laughs> well, I guess let me let me start with where I am right now. Sure. Um, so uh, I live outside of Washington D.C. in Northern Virginia. I've lived here pretty much my entire life, except for going away to school. I went to college and law school at the University of Virginia down in Charlottesville. I'm working part time. I work for the Pretrial Justice Institute during the day, and then I also work on um, obviously my fiction writing. I have three kids, a husband, and uh, I live among family. This is something people need to know about me, is that I have this very unusual situation where my husband's sister lives next door to me, and my husband's (laughs) mother lives on the other side of her. So there are three of us in a row. Like people, like we're kind of infamous. for that and then my mom my mom lives like like an eight minute drive away so we uh we have this you know we have this great this great situation where my kids are growing up with their cousins on my husband's side mm-hmm. and uh it's a it's an experience i wouldn't trade for anything that's uh, I really, awesome really enjoy that. wendy so tell me a little bit about what did schooling i always ask this question because i think it's very interesting just seeing how education mm-hmm. is today um, and just being able to be online and looking at other classrooms. What did your education look like when you were, let's say, elementary? But here's the weird thing. is I, so I live in Fairfax County, Virginia, which is incredibly, incredibly diverse. I was laughing last night because we were trying to find a barbecue place, mm-hmm. like a regular American barbecue place. <laughs> and what pops up on Yelp is Japanese barbecue and Korean barbecue. And that's very mm-hmm. emblematic of what it's like to live here. Sure. Um, and But when I moved here, I was literally, I looked it up. I looked up, I found this report on Fairfax County. There were there were 500 Chinese people living in Fairfax County. And I think I was literally like the first Asian person a lot of kids in my wow. school met. Wow. And so it, it was rough. Personal. 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 
coming in and I, I am, you know, just naturally kind of shy person to begin with. And, mm-hmm. you know, there were, there were a lot of kids who were kind, but, you know, unfortunately you kind of tend to remember the kids who were not. I think that's what stands out for me. And that, and also, but also like I am the child of immigrants. My parents came to the United States um, from Taiwan. So feeling different on a lot of different levels. So in addition to that, but also having the library being my source of freedom. I was raised very fairly conservatively. My parents were not into sleepovers. They were not gonna let me get my ears pierced. You know, there was just a lot of like American things that I saw that were not gonna happen for me, at least not right off the bat. But the one place that, where they said, you know, like you have, you can do whatever you want. Well, one, they expected me to excel in school. And two, they said when I was at the library, I could do whatever I want. Uh, Can we go back to just like you said, you were one of the, or maybe the only Asian person that they had maybe seen or recognized. And um, I guess my question is, what were those interactions like when people were to first meet you or that first impression? Do you remember any of those interactions with some of your, like, say, friends that you had during that time? I remember more of, sadly, I remember more of the negative. Like, I remember this girl walking up to me and she's like, why is your nose so flat? Mm-hmm. You know, and just, and like, never even having thought about myself and then suddenly, you know, just finding myself inadequate in mm-hmm. some way and trying to fight back but also you know the really sad thing was it took me a really long time one I didn't realize that I was supposed to tell somebody Mm -hmm. you know that I I should I I didn't have this expectation that someone was going to an adult was going to come in and stand up for me Mm -hmm. and two that that I was not at fault and just having this like this feeling like I wasn't measuring up in some way and not until much later saying like oh that was not that was never the standard like I wasn't mm. it doesn't matter you know what I mean like if my nose doesn't look the way people expect it to that's not my problem mm-hmm. you know wow that was elementary so did it was- get better in say junior high or high school like what did that it, look like it did I think because the area was becoming more diverse and also mm. I think I was finding my identity in other ways I did I did excel in school and I think I was like becoming more confident and as I you know and then you kind of as you develop that circle of friends it's just Mm -hmm. you kind of feel like you're more protected but you know what I think when you're a kid and you have interactions like that and then you you know there is that sense of like do I trust you or not you know when you first meet someone you're like okay how's this gonna go down yeah we're gonna go And so just learning how to, you know, whether you're going to trust somebody. Yeah. And to navigate that as a kid is hard. Like you are constantly wondering, what is this person thinking about me? Um, Is this someone I can trust? And then on top of that, you look different. Like you you look different than other Mm -hmm. people. So you have that in the back of your head. How do I stay true to myself? And you talked about like you became confident. So like, where did that come from? Like, was it the group of friends that you had? Was it family? Where did that confidence come from? I feel like back in the 70s when I was in elementary school, that there was a lot more kind of like, I don't know, you can correct me, but my my feeling is is that the self-paced education is sort of less, less, uh, I don't know, prevalent now. You know, the teacher would be like, here's a box, here's all the lessons. So my friends and I would kind of like race each other, like how far can we get? You know, who's uh-huh. who's ahead? Uh-huh. Who's you know, so uh-huh. I think like doing that and getting positive feedback was was a good mm-hmm. experience for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so you must have had good teachers then. Did you feel like the teachers were behind you with that, or did you feel it was more like self-motivated? No, no. It was it was that was like how they ran the classroom. And this was, I guess this is something else that you probably don't see as much is when I went to school, we, they had these split classrooms. The teacher I loved in fifth and sixth grade, so she was my teacher, you know, so she had a half fifth, half half sixth, so she had you twice mm-hmm. in a row. Her name was Mrs. Thompson. 
I loved, I, you know, she, she was very honest with us and mm. she taught us a lot of good lessons. I remember um, I had a friend in that time period who was very short for her. She, she's just a short adult. Mm-hmm. And um, we were playing kickball and the kids, when she came up to kick, the kids all came in. Mrs. Thompson sent my friend on an errand and then she turned to us and she's like, I never want to see you guys do that again. How wow. we treat each other was like wow. the most important thing to her. Yeah. As a kid, it- we have teachers that are our favorites and for multiple mm-hmm. reasons. And it sounds like Miss Thomas was one of those people for you. Like those are the memories that you remember, right? Mm-hmm. And, they, and, they, and they stick with you. Like in the beginning, you said there's lots of moments, unfortunately, weren't great for you in elementary. But Miss Thomas obviously changed some of that for you, which is amazing. So I ran into her as an adult. It was so crazy. I, like she stopped to ask me the time or something and I'm talking to her and you know, like when you're a kid, you like, you know, you like, you look really intently at the teacher and you kind of like, I'm sure you, you like, you realize like you're kind of under a microscope. As a teacher. And I was looking at her mouth and I was like, oh, I know this mouth. And I said, this is <laughs> you know, it was amazing. We went out to lunch. It was kind of personal, personal, personal. Personal, 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 personal. Let's jump to like, I'm really interested in your like schooling now. So what did say high school look like then? High school was was pretty nice. Like I, mm-hmm. I I don't have any. I just I was like an, a full on nerd. Okay, let's just mm-hmm. let's just get right down to it. Mm-hmm. Latin club, forensics, <laughs> honor society. <laughs> and I, I was on the Latin Kirtaman team, so like awesome. you know, yeah, the nerdier the better. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah, I spent I a lot it. of Saturdays going to um, speech and debate tournaments. Mm-hmm. Were they super supportive of that? Like, were they telling you to continue and like keep trying to do as much as you could? You know, they, um, my parents like were kind of like not, they weren't super pushy. They were not like, I think they, they saw that I found something I like to do. My dad was actually working separately. Like, like he was living in an, in West Virginia during the week and then coming home on the weekends. Mm-hmm. And they did that for a long time. And my mom was getting her master's degree. So they kind of like, they kind of let me have free reign. Like they're like, mm-hmm. okay, you know, you're getting, as long as you, you know, and you'll find this with a lot of Asian kids. Like as long as you're getting good grades, your parents will let you do mm. pretty much what they, what you want to do. And did you find that was something they reminded you of? Like if you do well, like you're going to have those options or was that, did you feel that as pressure? I did. I felt like extreme pressure to get good grades. Yes, mm-hmm. I did. Mm-hmm. I don't even think they ever said it. Like, I think at some point you don't even have to say those words. Mm-hmm. Like that expectation is like the air. It's mm-hmm. just hanging out there all the time. Mm-hmm. Where does that come from? Because I do hear like living in Southeast Asia, we do mm-hmm. feel it. I don't think it's talked about openly. Um, mm-hmm. with p- other parents. Uh, but where do you think it comes from? The pressure. Mm-hmm. It comes from the way the educational system is set up. Mm. Yeah, I, I can't. I can't speak to other places, but I know that from when my parents were growing up, you know, everything was based on these tests. Everything was based not even like your your GPA. It was like literally you would take a test, and that decided what college you got to go to, what you know, what you got to study, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. So I think um, that's that's where the pressure comes from. Is that you just want your kid to be able to to do really well? And there are. I think the problem is is that 
it's hard to see what other options there are. Mm-hmm. Like it looks, it literally looks like one path. Um, I, I wish I could just take away tests in general. Um, right. I think it would change the entire education system. It builds anxiety. It builds mm-hmm. all these unnecessary pressures that kids um, unfortunately have to go through for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and it ties your self-worth, mm-hmm. these artificial measurements. It's about to get personal, y'all. (laughs) That was personal. How many kids do you have? I have three. You have three. I remember you mentioning that at some point. And how old are they? They are now 19, 16, and 14. So what was it like raising them? Um, Because I'm just going to go on a limb and say you're an amazing mom. (laughs) You're writing books and you have amazing kids. I'm just going to go on a limb and say that. I should let you meet them first. They, and they, they might tell you something else. But, um, you know, I, I totally rebelled against that idea. Like, I want them to have good enough grades, but I also want them, I don't want them to be motivated by me. Mm-hmm. I want them to be motivated by what they find interesting, by what they value. Yeah, it's, you know, I, you know and, and like you live in Northern Virginia, it's a pressure cooker. It is a pressure mm-hmm. cooker for these kids. I remember I did it, you were talking about your third graders. I remember going, so here there's, um, there's a very famous um, science, science and technology magnet school and people work, you know, you, you take a, te- you go through this multi-level um, admissions process to get in. Mm-hmm. And I remember I was visiting a school as an author and talking to a sixth and already doing prep classes for this test that was two years away. Wow. You know, wow. it's like, you know, and what if you don't get in? And what if, you know, what if you decide that you don't like it? And, you know, it's just like, there are other things, you, I don't know, like there's, there's balance. Like I, you know, you really wish for balance for these kids. You do. And there's so many other opportunities. Um, I think sometimes, like you said, the grades are an idea of getting them into this college or this place that is going to grant all their wishes, which isn't always the case, um, which sometimes takes away the opportunities um, of trying out other things that they may be interested in, which is unfortunate. Wendy, I'm thinking now, like, how do you do that? Like you said, you take the pressure off by like giving them more options. So like, what was that process for you? Oh, uh, luckily, um, you know, my kids, they, 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 they kind of figure it out. And I, the nice thing about living here is that there, there's literally anything your child would be interested in, they mm. can do, you know, if your kid wanted to take up fencing, you could do it here. Cool. You know, just cool. my, my, I have a kid who loves rugby, like, you know, he played, you know, he played rugby for several seasons. Mm-hmm. And I think it was just like, you know, like, okay, like, I tried to not make it so that they didn't feel like they couldn't try new things. And also, mm-hmm. you know, we let them know that if you're doing it, we're in it. You know, mm-hmm. if you're swimming, I'm, I'm going to time. If you're, if you're in Boy Scouts, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to participate and mm-hmm. so that they know that we're interested in what they're doing and what they mm-hmm. do matters. Personal, personal, personal.
The Great Wall of Lucy. Where did that idea come from with The Great Wall of Lucy? So The Great Wall of Lucy Wu is about a girl who thinks she's about to have the perfect year. Uh, she's at the top of her grade in school. Her basketball team looks really good. And the best part of all is that her annoying big sister is moving out of the room that they've shared for Lucy's entire life. So she's about to get her own room. And so she's just, she just thinks she's got it all teed up. And then um, her dad comes home from a business trip to China and tells Lucy that he has found her long lost great aunt. And not only that, he's invited her to come visit. Now, when you have a, a long-lost relative from another country come visit, they're not just coming for a few days. They're going to come stay for a while. And, of course, what Lucy discovers to her horror is that she's expected to share her newly won bedroom with this great aunt. Lucy decides she wants to have nothing to do with this great aunt, but discovers along the way, of course, that sometimes we don't get what we want, but we can get something better. Mm -hmm. So where did that idea come from? Is there any um, truth in this story like does it come from um another story um how did you come about how did this story come about <laughs> this story came well uh, let me tell you a little bit about my, my writing journey sure which yeah is um so i got an invitation to a high school reunion and if you've ever gotten one of those you know you kind of like you sit there and you look at it you think about your time there you know you think about the people you might see and i when i got it i thought you know, like, what have I not done that I thought I was going to do mm -hmm. when I was in high school? And I remember that in high school, I loved to write. Um, I spent all four years, I like, I wrote all my whole time as a kid. And in high school, I wrote a series with a friend. We put it out like once, either once a week or once a month until we had, like, by the time we graduated, we had this full thick notebook of these crazy stories involving all of our friends. And so I thought, you know what, I, I've always wanted to write a children's book. So I called up a friend of mine who was a writer and I said, what do I do? And she said, go to the Writer Center. So it was um, over in Bethesda, Maryland, which is not far from where I live. She said they offer all, all sorts of courses. They're really high quality. And I ended up taking a class with uh, Mary Quattlebaum who taught us all the ins and outs of how to write for kids. And I thought I was gonna write a picture book, but picture books are really hard. <laughs> like, yes, just, they are. <laughs> you know, just to, you know, and I realized like where my natural voice um, was in middle grade that I was hearkening back to all the books I loved as a kid, all that freedom that I had in the library that I was telling you about. And so I started working on that voice. And, you know, like at, at the time, I was really resistant to the idea of like, you know, they always say like your first book is like the most autobiographical. And I was like, mm -hmm. you know, Lucy's not like me. Lucy's not like me. And of course she is like me. Mm -hmm. And of I think course. it was just about that struggle to, um, to kind of find my identity as a, as a Chinese American. Mm. And, um, and it, it took a couple of tries. It took a while for me to figure out, to, to hear her voice. Um, I think part of the truth came from um, when my grandmother came to visit and just trying to find a way, you know, like I was kind of resistant to her presence. And then at the same time, you know, you realize that, you know, you're not going to see this grandparent very often. And so just trying to, you know, I think it was like my, my alternative ending. Like I did not take advantage of that, of that time. And this was sort of my way of rewriting that story. Of That's how. so cool. That's so cool. I love how stories um, are just created in general and how authors tend to use their own experiences to create magic for other kids and other just adults to enjoy and embrace as much as possible. So thank you for, thank you for just sharing your story and 
creating that like book that is not only going to allow adults to see themselves in books, but like lots of my kids who have already gone through it, even though we're going through it again in class together, um, are reading it and they are constantly referencing just like the words, um, the people, the references um, in the culture um, of itself. And it's really cool to see them light up um, and being able to to just see like, wow, this has language that I know, references that I know, oh. places that I, it's really, really nice. It's really, really nice. So thank you. I really, really appreciate it. I really do. Oh my, you're going to make me cry. It's oh, sorry. <laughs> I'm very sorry. <laughs> but it's, it's been, no, you're not. <laughs> it's been really cool. It's been really, really cool. Lovely yeah. to hear because I, I don't get to see that. You know, I don't get to see that experience mm -hmm. so, but thank you for sharing that no it's been really great personal 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 Thank you so much for spending time with me today. Um, just before we go again, where can people find you? And is there anything that we should be looking forward to? Oh, uh, my books are, so my publisher is Scholastic. So there are lots of ways to get my books. Um, and I understand that, you know, you might also get them in the Scholastic Flyer if you're if your listeners have that. And um, I have a follow-on book to This Is Just a Test coming out this summer called Not Your All-American Girl. Ooh, awesome. That's exciting. Yeah. <laughs> Gary, we didn't get to talk about what I wanted to talk about with you. <laughs> we have so much to talk about. No, this, hey, we. I'm still here. This is good. Okay. And, yeah, okay. totally. No, because what you're doing in your classroom is so, so, okay, wait, wait, okay, let's back up. Let's back up. <laughs> no, because...